You're listening to Faith FM, the Breakfast Channel. So welcome back, friends. And we have our next quiz question coming up, followed by some text messages we're going to look at as well. Thank you, Joseph. Take it away, my brother. Matthew, this is a true or false question. So true or false, everyone. God told Moses to use his own creativity and architecture skills Ooh, to design and build the tabernacle. If you'd like to get to consult on your Bible on this one, is in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 9. So the question is true or false. I'm going to repeat, true or false. God told Moses, hey Moses, you can create this sanctuary in whatever way you want. You can use your creativity. You can use your skills. You can use your measurements. You, you just, just express yourself, Moses. This is what God told Moses to do. Or was it something else? Perhaps that God told Moses to perhaps follow a very specific pattern and, uh, about the sanctuary. So if you know if this is true or false, then you can text us to 0491-064-669. I repeat, 0491-064-669. And you will be drawing in for the prize. For uh, We're going to have a giveaway of a morning and evening devotional set on Friday, but only to those who are answering the questions, uh, some of the quiz questions here uh, correctly. So please, Participate. We want to give you these amazing books for you to strengthen your spiritual life of yourself and your family. So if you didn't get the quiz, the question is true or false. God told Moses to use his own creativity and architectural skills to design and build the tabernacle. Wow, Jason, that sounds like... uh you know, when you hear the theory of evolution, you know, they say, you know, big bang, pow, and everything fell into place. Um, so what I'm hearing is that Moses is similar. Uh, he just came up with his own ideas and plans and bang. Would that be true or false? Mm. Let's ask our audience. Mm-hmm. And if you know the answer, 0491-064-669, 0491-064-669. And before we go into our Bible study today, our Encounter with God segment, I'd like to read some of the messages that our listeners sent us as a reaction to Jennifer's um, interview, which was a great interview. So one of our listeners, Wayne, said that her interview reminded him of a quote from an author called Ellen G. White. And in that quote, she is basically saying here, I'm not going to read the entire quote, I'm going to try to paraphrase here. It was a, a fairly long quote, but it's basically saying here that um, God's grace is sufficient for all of our trials. And although they are greater than ever before, If we trust wholly in God, we can overcome every temptation and through his grace come off victorious, including the temptations to behave and to act or to speak out of our hot emotions without any kind of filter. So, and then uh, in that quote, the author continues, Ellen White continues, and she says, we must have on the whole armor of God and be ready at any moment for a conflict with the powers of darkness, and may even, I say, even with the conflict with the sin that lives in us. Thank you very much, Wayne, for sharing this amazing quote. I think it's on point and on the topic that Jennifer was sharing with us. But now we would like to invite you listeners to one of my favorite parts of the show, the encounter with God. What does the word have to us? We're talking about manna all day. What is the manna from God's word going to give us, Matthew? 
Absolutely. So, friends, we're going to take a segue into the lesson with a unique approach. And I thought we'd just continue a bit further on what Jennifer Skews, our clinical psychologist, actually shared. <laughs> and I find it amazing because if we address this area, Brother Joseph, we could actually be opening up areas where people are actually relevantly suffering even today. So here, here's some thoughts I thought I'd, I'd given. And, and I wondered if you could just yeah, address me in this area and, and you know tag along with me and just help your brother get more clarity on these thoughts. So... I believe that a lot of people in their families, when they react and get upset and get emotionally hurt and, um, you know, there's arguments and there's sometimes, unfortunately, there's domestics um, involved as well. Do you believe that, uh, with my theory, which is people are hardwired a certain way because they're not going to a manual that has all the answers, but instead they're leaning on their own sort of coping stress mechanisms and, you know, we've got positive uh, coping stress mechanisms and also we definitely, I believe, we definitely do have negative coping stress mechanisms. And if so, where would they come from? Because my theory is, I believe that people just react according to what they know, like kids, and they're looking at parents, especially of unfortunate backgrounds. What's your thoughts there, Brother Joseph? Well, Matthew, I will agree with you. I think that when we are under stress, we revert to our childhood. We revert to how we learned how to cope, how our parents coped. Um, and yeah, the Bible does offer us a power to break away from these generational patterns yeah. and offer us something better. Absolutely. And I would say that, yes, the Bible has, does have all the answers, but I would say that, uh, it's not the Bible knowing the right things alone. We need some extra spiritual power. And that's what I add prayer to it. So we need to combine both the knowledge of the scriptures, understanding it, chewing on it, meditating on it, reflecting on it. As Jennifer says, Think of those things, all that is noble, all that is pure, all of that is of good reputation. You know, have our minds set on Christ, really engaging, thinking about these things throughout the day. This strengthens us in such a way that nothing else does, but also talking to God, reflecting. And that can be done in, in three ways, Matthew, yes, that I've learned. Number one way, I think, is the preventative way. So if you're already going through some challenging experiences at home, or at work, you can actually do a preventative prayer saying, God, I know that I am being tempted on a regular basis yes. to lose my temper. And I want to, before I start my day, ask you to please help me to control my tongue. Help me to stay silent when I am feeling like I have to say something that is hurtful. Help me to first think, to pray, and then offer an answer. So that's like what I like to call a preventative prayer but there's also the prayer that we do at the moment saying god i'm feeling that these emotions are taking over me please help me to stay silent here please help me not to hurt them and also there is the the third there's the feedback prayer which is you have gone through this and you come to god and says god i blew it i cannot believe it. i blew it i did it again god please not only forgive me but help me to prepare for the next episode the next incident so that i won't react that way that i, I you react with grace I will react in, in a different way. And by spending that time with God, let me tell you, there's just something supernatural that happens. And God always comes to the rescue, Matthew. Wow, powerful, powerful. I'm going to get you to share those three points again, Brother Joseph. But I thought I'd share a verse that probably acts as a catalyst to bring out those three points. So all the suffering that's happening in the world, there's this verse that says in Hosea, Chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. Um, fortunately, God says, I will also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law, the law, the law of your God. I will also forget your children. So we know sin is basically lawlessness, as the Bible would say. Now, in other words, 
people are resorting to their own solutions. They're going away from God, and they're following templates passed down from, say, mother and father to mother and father and henceforth. And you're sharing. You may not know the Bible, but here is, is, a, is the free prayers you can use. If you come to God sincerely asking him, Lord, he, heed my free prayers, God will address you in these particular free areas. What are those prayers again you're sharing? So person? there is the preventative prayer. Preventative prayer. So you know that you're struggling with something, so you ask God to help you before it even happens. Okay. Help me, Lord. I, I, I don't know what to do. I have no yeah. Bible, but I know I'm hurting. I need help. I'm hurting others. Help me. So That's preventative right. Prayer. That's right. That's and that applies to every single temptation that you might have. It comes in different sizes and shapes, yes. but... Um, uh, you know, you can, you can do that preventative. Wow. Right? Yes. That's the one. Then the second one is in the middle of the action. In the middle of the action. You're there and you're seeing that your emotions are starting to boil and you immediately just take that as a cue to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, God help me. I'm, I, you know, this, this conversation is really bothering me. Help me to have grace. Give me grace. Give me patience here now. So I don't respond according to my anger, but I respond according to justice, according to righteousness. Oh, wow. So you ask that. And then the third prayer that you can do can is I, after the I'm event. Gonna, I'm going to hold you for a second. Yeah. So you've labeled that other one correct, like easy, easily, preventative. Preventative. What do we label the second one as? In the moment. In the moment. So in the moment. In the moment. Um, recognizing when your emotions are stirring. Ask God, help me, Lord, I'm feeling a certain way. Yes, give me wisdom. Give me help wisdom. me to navigate this. Yes. Navigate this. And help me to glorify you. Yes. And your grace to do justice. And the third one, my brother. This is the after events Prayer. After events. So it's happened. It's done. It happened. It's done. You've blown it. You've blown it. Okay. Or you may not. And you can give a thanksgiving to God and say, God, thank you for not letting me, you know, say my heart out when, when, when it wasn't appropriate. Thanks for helping me to hold off my tongue. Um, and uh, Or you can say, God, I blew it. Thank you okay. so much. And help me. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. To our faithful listeners, welcome back to Faith FM on the Breakfast Channel. You are here with your host, Matthew, and my wonderful co-host, Joseph. And we are both replacing Danuta and Lawson today. And I just want to give a shout-out to you, Shell. Thanks for keeping our boat afloat. I know this is my first time taking the, the front of the ship. I'm usually rowing at the back of it. And yeah, this is a great new experience, but I, I just want to give a shout out to both of you guys as levelers. And uh, if I've been a credit to you, praise the Lord. So we're going back to our lesson again. And today we're talking about how to uh, use approaches that Brother Joseph has shared with us so we can positively manage our uh, situations of, say, disagreements and also any heated battles that we have within ourselves. Is that right, Brother Joseph? That is correct. So we're talking about how to really, you know, um, uh, control our emotions. And I think that leads us into the segue of our study guide as yes. well. So this is our 20 million movement. We are, um, you know, reading this Bible study guide that is helping us to deeper understand the Bible. And um, our topic for this quarter has been God's mission, our mission, my mission, your mission as well. And we're talking about some, a lot of things. And this week, particularly, we are focusing on how to reach the unreached. Yes. How to reach those who are of a different faith background or of no faith background. Hmm. That's, that's relevant, isn't it? It's that's the day so relevant. Today. It's so relevant. And the question is, does the God offer us any insights? And of course, the answer 
my friend, is yes, it does. So we are looking into an episode where the Apostle Paul went to the city of Athens in Greece. And there, yes, he was reaching out and he was in, uh, interacting with other Jews like himself. So he would be very com a comfortable territory for him. He knows them. He grew up as a Jew. Quite he, the could, he was quite the academic, wasn't he? Quite he was, academic. Uh, Well-versed in the culture. Well-versed in the culture and the scriptures. But he didn't, he didn't limit himself with those interactions. He could perhaps go one step further and talk to uh, what the Bible calls the God-fearing people, the Gentiles. So these were originally Greeks or pagans or people from different backgrounds who converted, who became Jews, who believed and worshipped the one true creator God. But, you know, so that's one step up. But they still have a vastly converted and similar worldview to Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yet Paul did not limit himself to this group either. So in other words, he didn't see the obstacle, but he saw the opportunity. He saw the opportunity. So he was going to the marketplaces, and Paul was even engaging the Athenians who had um, a complete different faith background. You know, they had no idea of who the God of the Jews were, no idea of who the Creator was. In fact, they actually worshipped many, many gods, and Paul wanted to see them coming to Christ as well. So How was, would wow. he do this? True, true. So... Of course, um, Brother Lawson, he said it so perfectly. He was referring to a verse where the, um, the Athenians there, they said about Paul when he spoke up, who is this man and what is this babbling? This babbling, and as we know, um, babbling is what a baby does. And when we hear the babies babble, blah, 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 that it's like it's confusing. Yeah, like, it's cute as well. I don't think that in Paul's babbling would be cute, <laughs> but certainly the babies is. But yeah, it is confusing. What is this all about? So there is one passage here that we are studying. Paul and the unknown God. And that gives us, you know, references. I mean, because look, friends, you're listening to us. Yes. I do not know what is your faith background. I believe that you are a disciple. If you're listening to Jesus's words and wanting to understand them, you are a disciple already. I Amen. don't care what is your faith background. You can be an atheist. If you're seeking God, you are already a disciple. You're already someone that is following Jesus. We are all in different levels yep. of that discipleship journey. But if you're seeking, you are uh, a disciple. But how do you share your faith with perhaps a friend of yours, a colleague of yours, a neighbor of yours who is a Muslim? Or a totally different belief system. Who has a different, is a Hindu, who has, oh. is an atheist, who has, uh, how do we do? What do we talk? Is it a, you know, is a competition to know who's right, who's wrong? Mm. That just builds up barriers, I think. I think this creates more resistance. It puts up barriers. And you can't have that conversation, isn't it, to, to build a bridge, uh, especially on common ground anywhere. And um, like Lawson was alluding to yesterday, he was saying that he was speaking in every correct language except when he touched on the second coming. And they were like, what? what, what? Like, they seemed to put a, a closed lid on that particular subject, and he was like opening up a, a can of worms, Yes. say. And uh, I believe, Joseph, you're about to share some convictions. I want to share. In Acts chapter 17, verses 22 and 23, Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, so the Areopagus was like, a, it's in the top of a mountain. It was a place where people met, uh, you know, to exchange ideas, to talk. Uh, and he went there to that place. And he said, men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. Mm. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription to an 
unknown God. Well, that that kind of gives the um, impetus to say that this God was not um, not very detailed. Like there was nothing giving away uh, obvious about it, but anything um, evident to suggest that people knew what it was. So, in other words, I imagine that it was probably a statue that was broken and and it's not complete because they didn't have complete ideas about it. Is am I on some of the right path? Yeah, look, I'm not too sure about the the statue being broken, but it was an ex- a, a, a statue to honor this unknown God yeah, yeah. and and. This the point that I like to highlight here, Matthew, is that Paul is complimenting the pagans. He was complimenting these from a different background. He was trying to build bridges. Yes. And instead of saying, oh, you worship many gods, say, no, no, you know what? I have noticed that you're very religious people. That's great. So to Paul, in Paul's eyes, this is workable material for the Holy Spirit. Cool. He's capitalizing on, he's looking at the positives. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, you know what? I noticed that you're very religious people. So am I. Let's talk about it. Hey. And you know what? I find that your sincerity is so awesome that you even come to the point of establishing a, an altar to an unknown God just in case you make sure that you're not missing out. Just in case um, that, um, you, you know, that um, you're not leaving any, any deity that could be important uh, out. So I, I appreciate that. So what you're saying? Consideration. So you're saying what he's doing, essentially, which we all should do if we're faithful Christians, he's being, uh, he's acknowledging them, he's being respectful, he's being kind and courteous. Is that what I mean? Exactly. And he's being observant. You know that's uh, what Jennifer said about being mindful, being the prayer. He was being mindful of other people's faiths oh, wow. and beliefs. So not turning them down. Not turning them down. He's looking intently, he's studying, he's looking, you know, what do these people believe? Yes. And what is the bridge that I can connect? So surely, maybe they were misguided yeah. In their sincerity, but Paul could see a glimmer of hope where they are they are trying to do the right thing. They were trying to do the right things by the gods that they knew, uh, even even by the gods that they didn't know. And Paul used that as a um, a springboard wow. to say, "I'm actually going to. I wanted to talk to you about this very god that you don't know anything about." <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So what I see there is, correct me if I'm wrong. He's looking at that and saying, wow, guys, you know, I commend you. You're, you're groping through the darkness. You're trying to understand the meaning of the intricacies of life, both the internal and the external. And you won't believe it. I got something juicy for you to consider. Something along those exactly. lines? Exactly. So you are already worshipping a God that you don't know anything about. So you already have a degree of respect. You know, would you like to know more about that God that you don't know anything about? Because you're getting closer. Getting, yes. <laughs> And uh, so he was using that to uh, arouse their interest Mm. so he can start a conversation and tell them about Jesus Christ, how he died, how he raised, you know, how there is a God that is not so far that you cannot be reached, but actually is actually quite near, is an approachable God. And and I think that we should imitate that example of Paul. Absolutely. absolutely. Really... Try, instead of us trying to just impose or trying to just communicate what we believe, why don't we take the first step of actually, you know, um, being curious and wanting to learn more about their beliefs and praying to God to give us wisdom into a segue where we can witness about our faith, but using that as a springboard, their own faith and their own beliefs and find that common ground that unites us. Wow, wow, that's so powerful, Joseph. So I've just been blown away what you just shared just now at this very moment because what I'm gathering is, you know, instead of typically trying to resist and, and create debates and who's right, who's wrong, um, you know, the, the pride gets in. Rather, in humility, see how people are on a faith journey. Even though they're in their own kind of pagan, pagan beliefs, they're, they're just trying to find answers 
and use whatever you can to qualify, quantify, and also fill in the gaps of what they're missing. Yeah, that's right. Really find the positives, the, you know, the, the noteworthy things. As you know what? I noticed that you are people of prayer. And that's great. And you are so diligent with your prayers. Let's talk about prayer. I want to share a little bit of what my experience with prayer has been with my God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're looking at a particular subject about how to build bridges with other faith believers of all sorts of denominations. And Joseph's going to give a segue into yeah, that. Area. Let's go into that. And I'm, I love that you mentioned that uh, we moved from the breakfast show to the breakfast channel because I'm starting to get hungry and I'm just looking <laughs> forward to see, you know, uh, a channel just full of breakfast ideas. Just, um, you know, uh, taking a little bit of a... <laughs> you of a run twice and you, it's twice. It's good. It's good. No, breakfast channel. I want this as well. But look, this is yummy and delicious spiritual food for Ooh. all of our listeners. That's but before we go into that segment, Matthew, ah, of course we, we have a quiz. quiz. Of course we have a quiz because we have listeners that are keen, you know, people that like to understand the Bible, to study it. So if you are this Bible rat, if you are really interested, then answer me this question, friends. This is the challenge for you. And this is our fifth quiz of the day of the 12 spies sent to explore the promised land in Canaan, which one's kept the faith that God would still help them conquer the land of Canaan, even though the people there appeared powerful and giant-like. This is in the book of Numbers, in chapter 14. So there is this episode where God is giving this land to the Israelites for them to conquer. The Canaanites had really blew it. They were committing, they were so much uh, uh, unrighteousness and injustice. God saying, look, I'm spitting them out of the land, and, uh, and I'm going to be you know, bringing ju- justice upon the land and upon them, and Israelites are going to be doing it. And, and 12 spies were sent. And who are they? Number one, the ones that came back with a positive report was it joshua and caleb was it samson and daniel or was it moses and aaron (laughs) sorry sorry i couldn't help myself i couldn't help myself so funny (laughs) sorry guys this is great (laughs) (laughs) oh well okay so i'll read it again okay 10 spies came back and they said it is impossible we cannot do this it's so hard we're going to die and two said, no, no, we can do it, guys. God said we can do it. Who are these two? Was it Joshua and Caleb? Samson and, <laughs> and Daniel. I can't believe it. We're both sorry, guys. This is so funny. I just imagine Samson going there with Daniel. They're polar opposites, but anyway. <laughs> Samson would totally, Samson would totally say, we can do this, guys. All right, who is this, guys? This is this is a little bit of humor for your morning as well. So sorry, friend. And if you know the answer, just please. Just take a shot. A shot in the dark. Okay, okay. <clears throat> who wrote these questions, really? That's good. Who Nothing like a good sorry, laughter. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, I gave it too much for you this time. <laughs> So Joshua and Caleb, Samuel and Daniel, or Moses and Aaron, everybody, let us know. <laughs> yes, what number? Can someone say the number that you can send your answer to? Because, yes, definitely. 0491-064-669. Text us, everybody. We've already got great answers coming through. Well, somehow, everybody's getting it right. 
Is that even possible? Well, that means that we're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to be win- are going to be on the con- or on the the draw to receive a devotional set one morning and one evening devotional. So if you know who were the two spies, I'm not going to even say their names again. Please don't. Because uh, it's, I'm going to be remembering this. This is so funny. But is it Joshua and Caleb? Or the others. Others? Uh, if it's not Joshua and Caleb, just tell us it's someone else. Have you been misled this morning uh, to our faithful listeners? Uh, it's not Joseph. It's not me, Matthew. Uh, yeah, there's one more person you can think of. <laughs> Oh, All right, so let's let's uh, <clears throat> move on. So if you know the answer, please uh, do send us the text, and we're going to be looking forward to receive it. Um, let's come back because um, <clears throat> yep, to, our, to, our, to our text here text. in uh, Acts chapter seventeen, and we're talking about building bridges yes. with people from different faith backgrounds. You know, there's a theory, Matthew, that says that God has revealed Himself to every group of people in the world. To a certain degree, some of them accepted a little bit more of that life, some of them less. And of course, to the Jews, God has revealed Himself in a very special way. Yes, and He gave us and the entire world the Scriptures, the Bible. But when you look at intently at every one of the world's greatest religions, for instance, you can see things that are absolutely a God-given thing. Now, we have listeners and friends who are of different faith backgrounds. We have Muslims that are listening to our show. We have Hindus. We have people that identify as Buddhists, uh, atheists. And I think that each one of them have something that I believe God has given them. For example, I love and I admire the um, how zealous my Muslim friends can be with their prayer. Oh, absolutely. Before I mean, sunset, yes. sometimes five in the morning, four in the morning, they are waking up and they're not going to miss their prayer time for one single bit. And it's not for one minute, is it? It's, it's, it's not even for one particular time. Isn't it more than once throughout the day? Exactly. That's dedication. That's five times a day. That's dedication. That is really something that I have had the opportunity to talk to my Muslim friends about. Hey, I love how you pray. Can you teach me? Can you sh- share with me why you pray? And then can I share how I pray? And they appreciate that the way that uh, I appreciate the way that they prayed. They're asking God to show them the right way. And I said, look, and, and, and they appreciate the way that I pray with God, uh, t- talking to God as, as with a friend. Wow. Oh, for, for, for instance, when we look at, um, you know, people, um, uh, our friends from, from Hinduism, our brothers and sisters from Hinduism, mm-hmm. they believe in a variety of gods. And what is amazing is that they are so tolerant about the religious ideas of others. So I actually had a, uh, have a friend, and when he would talk to a Hindu, not only he was asking, you know, tell me a little bit about the gods that you believe in and, and, and how they, you know, they're helping you in your life. He says, can I share with you just another, uh, another god, the creator god, oh, wow. Jesus Christ? And they are open, so open to that as well. And, 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 I, and I think this is something that we should be very open to hear and to listen, to understand the ideas and the religious beliefs of others. So this is definitely something that's tolerance, that openness from the Hindus is something that we can all appreciate. And I believe this is a God-given thing. That's so incredible, Joseph. I feel that uh, that obliterates a lot of prejudices and biases where, for instance, myself, I would think that they're so kind of passionate about their faith, they're not even willing to consider others. But then, as you alluded to, they're very faithful to their prayer life and have such a humility in it. Yeah. Wouldn't they be humble enough to, you know, have this open conversation and, Absolutely. and converse? And you've just proven that. Um, oh yeah, I've even had Absolutely. An, ex- an experience um, as well, which I thank you for, just showing how they're, they're approachable. Uh, a Muslim friend I had at Costco, I used to work at Costco in Auburn, um, 
and and we're sharing about you know, our face. And he said, you know, Matt, I know a bit about you, Seven Day Adventist. You know, I know that uh, you guys practice vegetarianism. In fact, I I kind of respect the fact you don't eat pork. Am I correct? Because we don't eat pork. And I went, that that's true. That's right. Wow. You know. I've got to tell you, if I had a choice of, of a faith to go into, to become, other than my own, I'd choose to be a Seven-day Adventist. And that's just started a, you know, a journey of a year, years-long relationship there at Costco. Um, one other experience I had was with a Catholic man where one of our Bible workers at church, he tried to uh, witness to him, and sadly that relationship was destroyed because he said that, you know, I regard Mary. And this other friend of mine said, well, you know, Mary, we don't regard her like that. And he goes, you serious? I, you know, just, I don't want to have any connection with you. I followed up that particular contact and I said, you know, my friend said he didn't regard Mary, but we actually, we do find her as important. He goes, do you? Yes, it's the mother of Jesus. She's very significant. And from that was a segue into Bible studies and a sharing and a, a traversing back and forth of ideas. Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. So look, friends, you know, when you're talking to your friends, try to be uh, inquisitive. Try to really learn what they believe. Try to understand and in finding opportunities to witness about the common faiths, to build these bridges. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you not only into a closer relationship, a closer friendship, but in evangelistic opportunities as well to share your faith. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And now we've got our answers to our quiz questions, Joseph. It's that time. So can you able to ask us those questions? And I'll see if I can give you the answers. I might need your help if I can't see or maybe she'll help. All right. All right. So, Matthew, yes, sir. at the place called Mara, how did God instruct Moses to miraculously make the bitter water become sweet water and fit to drink? So I have here to toss a piece of wood into the water. Absolutely, to toss a piece of wood into the water. Um, and by the way, that wood, it's actually also a symbol of the cross. The oh, cross wow. is that wood that when it comes into our life, it transforms bitterness into sweet oh, life. Beautiful, refresh yes. my soul. So uh, looking to that with that perspective, it's great. So what happened to the manna when the people disobeyed by taking and keeping extra for the next day and beyond? Matthew, what happened there? It says here it would get full of maggots. Full of maggots. And you know, friends, our relationship with God needs to be this unbroken daily relationship. We can't just leave it to tomorrow, our Bible worship, our Bible study, our prayer with God. It, 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 doesn't, you know, it doesn't add up. You have to be a fresh connection with God every day. And this is what one of the things, one of the many things that the manna story teaches us as well. So what I get from that is otherwise we'll be exposed and um, our prayer life can be eaten away. Like That's that, right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you cannot just rely on your yesterday's experience so much. It's, it, it wanes off that spiritual power that God gives us. It needs to be, God's graces needs to be renewed on a daily basis. Oh, so like that hymn, uh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. That's right. Pretty cool. So okay. the third one is, which one of the following characteristics is not a characteristics of the bread from heaven known as manna? So what, which one, we, we, we named five, uh, four of them. Which one was not the case, Matthew? Okay, it says here, it tasted like unleavened bread. C. Yes, of course, it is C. So it actually tasted like wafers made with honey, had a bit of a sweet taste, mm. uh, not like unleavened bread. Nothing wrong with unleavened bread. You know, people who, uh, who love them, don't be offended. I love it, but it, it was uh, like wafers with honey. So this is it. This is the word of God, that sweetness about it as well. 
um, the manna being one of the you know analogies to the word of God. You, yeah, you, you quoted um, Psalms 19, I believe, uh, sweeter than honey. Sweeter uh, than yeah. honey. Yep. And uh, you got question. Yes, question four was a true or false one. God told Moses to use his own creativity and architectural skills to design and build the tabernacle. True or false? Just like the evolutionist belief about the Big Bang, false. It is false. Uh, and the thing is, God is not really opposed to our creativity. And, we, and there's a lot of room for us to use our uniqueness, our individuality, our creativity. However, for some things, God wants us to follow Him, to trust in Him, in His plan. And we need to be exact in that. And the tabernacle was one of these things. So there's this balance where God says, these things should be done according to my blueprint. But then God also gives us other things that we can use our creativity as well. So God has this amazing blend of giving us that freedom, but also telling us what is the right thing to do. Wow, that's pretty powerful. That's very, very powerful indeed. Like I, I love the fact how God being the creator God, he also allows us to take a part in it being procreators and expanding the family of God here on earth. That's right. And, uh, and then uh, fifth question, of the 12 spies sent to explore the promised land, which ones kept the faith that God would still help them conquer the land of Canaan, even though people there appeared more powerful and giant-like? So out of the ten, out of the twelve, only two said, "Yes, it is going to be difficult." But you know what? God has promised He's going to deliver. Who are these people? We had some time travelers here as well that have been um, proposed. Uh, but uh, who were the actual people, Matthew? It's Joshua and Caleb. It's Joshua and. Caleb. The bold. I should have said the bold and the courageous yes. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and, um, and Caleb. I believe biblically later on, their generations were able to take over the unfaithful generations that believed the lies of the ten. Absolutely. And when you look at it, like the, 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 the ten unfaithful spies said, yes, the land is great, but it's too hard. And Joshua and Caleb had the, the opposite. Story. Yes, it will be hard, but God can give it to us. So I like that for your life, for my life, the buts can always be towards hope in God that he can deliver what he promised to us. He is able to do even what seems to be impossible for us. Sounds like a faithful God we can trust and love. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.